Ladies and gentlemen, this is your Autopod Decepticast co-host Ryan coming to you here with round one of Script Deviations, back to back to back. Uh, We stitched together all those segments where Aaron and I and Caleb, you know, the guys on the podcast, uh, discussed discrepancies between the different versions of the Transformers movie script and then as to what made it to screen. Uh, I'll fill in here for Aaron and say, listener, if this is your first episode of the podcast, why now? Pretty much go back and listen to any other episode. Maybe not the credit ones. I don't know. Um, (laughs) I would recommend starting from the beginning, uh, but for a mid-series example of our greatness, everybody seems to universally love our Christmas special, episode 41, entitled, This is the Fun Part. Um, Will we be doing a very special Christmas episode this year? I I don't know, and speculation is non-binding. Um... Script Deviations quickly became one of our favorite segments of the show, and it came about pretty organically, uh, which is a creative way of saying uh, we kind of fell ass backwards into it. Uh, Thrill as you listen to us awkwardly cobble together early slap dash conversations into an actual show segment that became pretty slick. Uh, About halfway through this episode is where Aaron uh, belts out what would eventually become the Script Deviations theme song, uh, which is from Lucky episode number 13. Um, So, in this week's installment, we're covering episode 1 up to episode 20, which basically brings us to the point where Optimus Prime and the Dinobots come to bail Ultra Magnus' non-dealing ass out during the siege at Autobot City. Um, so, now, without further ado, I bring your script deviation part un. I don't know why that went French. That character just came out of me. It's like, Quebecois. Whatever. Okay, enjoy. But, um, so uh, apparently, uh, in the original versions of the script, uh, this was a planet of marble, and the creatures, the Lithonians, were going to be made of living rock. And I don't know why they changed direction. I'm glad they changed direction. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, Just notes about the script and deviation from the early script. Uh, is that uh, in the early script, the movie kicks off on Lythone, just as it does here. And uh, the first sign of trouble in the movie that we see, they look out a window, and there, or there's rumbling, and they look out a window, there's Unicron. They, and there they, it is. And it's, they right, say, it's right and they there. They say it. They're like, hey, it's Unicron. <laughs> hey, Unicron. No, so, they say, marvelous. <laughs> marvelous. Look at the size of oh, it. Oh, finally, my death. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the But in the original script... There was sort of uh, the first sign of trouble was this electronic mist yes. that enveloped the planet. Uh-huh. The mist is eating the planet. It's described in the script as it looks as though Pompeii must have looked as yes. Vesuvius erupted. Lithonians are running from the mist. Uh, Arbalist tells Kranix to flee and warn others of Unicron. So they haven't seen Unicron. They just know this it's mist is Unicron. It's a real slow reveal. And uh, the mist ultimately engulfs Arbalist and his body melts. He's, it says it's so he's hmm. simultaneously caught fire and doused with acid. 
Um, another, another, uh, then Cranix then just transforms into a rocket and, and, flies away. and takes off. As everybody could have. <laughs> well, so, yeah, yeah. Sorry so, to you guys who transform into cars. <laughs> you right. fucked. Like he's running and he's like, oh yeah. Oh right. <laughs> I have the power of exactly. interstellar flight. The uh, energy cloud, this mist, engulfs the planet, which then cracks like an egg. Rivers of lava leak out and the cloud destroys everything. And it's only then, after the smoke clears that you see Unicron. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, the, or well, the, the entity, as uh, some might call him. That's what. The, is that what they did call him? Mm-hmm. Not the one I read. Like I did. I feel I started reading two different versions of the script last night, and I got about a third of the way through it to the Optimus and Megatron fight. Um, and uh, the the earlier one is more interesting in just it's terrible and. Uh, <laughs> Like, Ron Friedman, or I assume it's Friedman is how you pronounce it, uh, is the only credited writer, even though they had other people do different versions, because the first draft is, um, it's rough. Like, also, like you were saying, the the mist, uh, they, in the one I was reading, it said it had, like, faces in it, or, like, it looked like, you know, monsters or demons or something like that. Did Ron Friedman have, like, was he the main writer for that? He was the main writer, yeah. Well, I think he got the credit for it. I'm not sure. It would be interesting to... Talk to Ron, and there's another gentleman, and I, if I'm going to probably mispronounce his name, Flint Dilly, I believe is how it's pronounced. So he's credited, he has a different credit. I can't, well, we'll find out in the next episode. It's not as writer, it's like story editor or something like that. And I believe that he actually wrote most of the script, but Ron Friedman, due to, uh, uh, contractual things, gets, mm-hmm. gets the primary writing credit for. Most of the first se- for the first two seasons and the movie, I think it's a contract union thing. And but I think Flint Dilly, this guy I brought up on he screen, looks like, um, is the guy that actually uh, penned most of it or cleaned up maybe an early draft by Ron Friedman. I, I've, I believe is how it worked. But maybe we'll get Flint and or Rod on the show to comment further. Oh, Open good. invitation. Well, yeah, I know that since Ron... we are probably offensive to one of you yeah, just now. Since and... I said the script was terrible. Talk about it. We are going to talk about what this. What is the metaphors that, that uh, we're driving the, the story of this differently movie. than the Autobots? Speaking of Ron Friedman, I this was one, I think it was his, one of his really early scripts. If you can believe it, the deaths of the Autobots in the original script are much more brutal in this scene. Um, Prowl is literally melted into scrap by Scavenger. Uh, and then Ironhide and Ratchet in that scene get shot so much they, quote, are fused together, then blasted apart, and fall <laughs> in smoking, glowing fragments, unquote. They fused together? That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so I read, I read that same uh, tidbit, and, but, and I read a little bit further, but there still is the scene where Ratchet, or I'm sorry, where Ironhide reaches up and says, no, which doesn't make sense in the context of that death, but, uh, but anyway, yeah. Also, another script deviation, on, at least on the version of the, we need to get in sync on the versions of the script <laughs> we're looking at, but, um, uh, there's no scene where Laserbeak reports back. Like he doesn't report back, show back up and report back. He just in the early script, he just you see him fly away from the Autobot moon base, and then it dissolves to this scene essentially. That's not implying that. Well, implying like, he's going to go tell them, and yeah, they're going to do something about that, it. That meeting takes place off camera. I think that that adding that scene though is really works a lot better because you get reintroduced to the characters and like you said you get mm-hmm. an automatic understanding of how the dynamic of this these people work and I know that some things have never changed like Megatron instantly is just like shitting on Starscream from the beginning 
Yeah. Uh, so. you, you just wanted to bring that back up. <laughs> you just don't feel like we covered it well, well enough. I, I, the... No, I. It, All right, everybody. This is a TF uh, podcast rewind. <laughs> 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 All right, hey everybody. This is episode seven. Minutes talking about minutes six to seven. We got Laserbeak flying back to Decepticon headquarters. Oh, the first thing the Megatron says it gives a dig at Starscream. <laughs> <laughs> It's like some of my other warriors. You never fail me. Oh man, Caleb. Don't Caleb, you do you have some? You want to talk about that? <laughs> I don't know why I do this. <laughs> All right, and that was the official was a... Transformers D- <laughs> Autopod Decepticast. Oh, that's oh, annoying man. for some people. <laughs> some people hated that. All right, uh... I, I, at least one third of us hated that. <laughs> I'm really sorry, Caleb. Uh, <laughs> but to your, but to your point, <laughs> you're right. Though I mean, I think you had to reestablish those. The, you had to reestablish this Autobot Decepticon dynamic before you could jump straight into these robots coming on board the ship and slaughtering yeah. everybody. Yeah, that's a real like that can't be the first time you see them because then they're just a, they're non-characters. Screw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> the look um, on your face. Area here, and uh, then we're on Earth. Well, well, I guess we see the the ship flying towards Earth, and then it pans, and you see um, Hot Rod and Daniel fishing. Daniel's depressed; he misses his dad. <laughs> Hot Rod tries to console him. They catch a fish. That's basically. <laughs> The end of the, well, it's the really, really end really of the minute. Good. Do you do you notice? Look at the size. Like he has okay. a a rod and reel that is enormous. Okay, like, yeah. The fishing poles bother me a lot. Well, okay, they needed one a large fishing pole for a man his size. I can only assume this is custom made. Well, his name's Hot Rod, right? And that's a that's, like fishing rod, like a fishing rod. <laughs> Maybe it's an accessory he came with. Yeah, uh, it is an accessory he came with on the uh, masterpiece. Is it? That's awesome. I've, I've got I was just getting ready to You're say that. That's, that's yeah, you can really cool. The rod and, oh yeah. my god, that's it's awesome. Badass. I never will pose him. Now, it, but. I hate this because, like, okay, leaving aside that he had a custom-made fishing pole, why are they holding him upside down? Clearly, nobody involved in this movie oh, has been fishing. I don't know. No, 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 no. Those are, see, you know what? These are fly, see, these are fly fishing rods. <laughs> but they're, they're not, not fly though. fishing. I know that, but that's what they're using. They're using, like, fly fishing rods. So, y- yes, uh, those, uh, they're, they're not in- completely incorrect. Well, the, mm-hmm, well, let me ask you this. They're both holding them in their left hand. Or, or they're, they're, but that also means you can't. They're holding re- him in the wrong hand for reeling exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> also, because you'd have to reel with your left hand. Um, well, I'm left-handed, so I mean, that's do how you I do, do it. you reel with your left hand? I reel with my right hand. Well, welcome everybody <laughs> to the Autopod Decepticast <laughs> Angling Hour. Yeah, the, the Decepticast. <laughs> <laughs> so pleased with himself. That was pretty good. Uh, so in Hot Rods Decepticast. Yeah, see, like he's gonna we're gonna have a side we're gonna start That's a side a side cast uh, where it's all about uh, Transformers fishing. Or we can just do like Transformer puns. Hot Rod well Hot Rods Decepticast. It's all about his experiences like you know out on the lake and uh, fly fishing with his dad. Uh, I, in the original I think Ron Friedman has never been uh, fishing either, because in the original script oh my god. <laughs> starts with uh, them seeing the ship land, and then he goes, so that hasn't happened yet in this one. But then whenever Hot Rod reels up the fish, uh, 
he he pulls up a line with three fish on it. How is that even in the, possible? In the original script? Yeah. I don't even know why that would be like... Pulls, it's, this is literally what it says. Pulls line up to show he's caught three large fish. <laughs> we need to get our line aligned on what versions of the script we're looking at. Because my, in my version, there is no mention of fishing. Or they, or they are fishing... There's never a part where they actually catch a fish. Oh. Like, there's no, in fact... Um, Real missed opportunity. <laughs> so when, yeah. Uh, d- on Earth, Daniel's kind of got his portable viewer, and he's keeping track of the... F- like, he. It, it, the scene opens up, and it's like Daniel's already sees that the ship is coming, and he's getting excited about it. There's no mention of him being depressed, sad, missing his dad. He just, basically, the ship's coming, let's go. Mm-hmm. And then I'm jumping a little into next episode, technically, and then, but then Hot Rod uh, throws the pole into the the, the lake, and then <laughs> his custom pole. This so is, he's is that, like not so even. Is that getting ready to happen? No, no, he not doesn't do one. that here. There's, but in the script, there's no littering. In the script they in my were, version of the script. They literally. We write, need to figure out. What, like, yeah, it would be interesting to figure out which All one. Of that's ridiculous. Why? When, I love the Friedman, script deviation Fried, parts of this. Is Friedman writing? Do you think Friedman was writing that he caught three fish, kind of as a, dis, a demonstration of his prowess? But fishing. it's impossible. It's literally well, I know. impossible. I know. So you're right. He doesn't understand fishing. You, you, a good fisherman isn't known for catch really multiple fish at once. <laughs> he caught like seven fish. Unless he's got like, like hooks wins. down the line, like you do in a, a deep sea fishing right. like a commercial vessel. Just catch him with a net. <laughs> yeah, and, well, and we don't know if weird. this is a Friedman thing right. or a Dilly thing, oh, okay. but uh, a lot of, a uh, lot of. But they in your version, they actually just wrote that he just threw the rod into the <laughs> right. Lake. They threw the rod it's into the detail. lake, and then uh, <laughs> they took off. But another script deviation on mine when it comes to the uh, scene on the ship, uh, Ironhide instead of saying no and being blown to atoms, he said he he says. Fat chance, Megatron. Oh, and that's... then picks himself up, grabs onto Megatron, and Megatron then just flings him against a wall and says such heroic nonsense. But they, it doesn't mention that he blo- like executes him yeah. at that point. Well, so I'm is, sure they changed you know, it. They punched to... it up. This one's this is yeah. better. <laughs> okay, so I might have an earlier version. You may have God. draft two, perhaps. I feel I try. There's I, a way to I feel like the one that. I have is pretty early because it's uh, it's really different, but. Well, at some point between my draft and your draft, We're somebody decided, like, zero fish, three fish, <laughs> and then they settled what? on one fish. Well, good. I, I think they made a good choice. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to One have... fish is a good fish. What a good like... number of fish. I, I would hope that what would be awesome is if he did throw the, the rod into the lake, and it shows the rod sinking to the bottom of the lake. With a pile of other rods. <laughs> like every time he's just like. He's, they're disposable rods. They're well, single like, use rods. Disp- they, in his mind, they are. So he's just like. No wonder it's so. They need so much energon. They're wasting all their time building rods. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it totally makes sense. The uh, So we get our first look at him in his alt mode. He's gorgeous. He turns into a fast car. His name's Hot Rod. They don't retrieve the hoverboard. In, in the original um, script, it's a bicycle. <laughs> Are you shitting me? No, I love this. I, lo- I want to. You I must wanna... have an earlier script I than think I, I did. I think I, I do. Must. So must. I so love the. I I so badly want to. How see boring would that the, mo- the movie that you have where it's the Unicron mist and <laughs> he catches three, three fish, fish on a single then, line. I want to see them throw the rod in and he drives away on a bicycle. <laughs> I want to see this movie. That would be insane. I do so bad. Oh God. Um, 
Um, the writer's cut. The Ron Friedman. The Ron Friedman cut. Like, okay, Autobot City. Like this is where we at um, uh, nine fifty one. We see Autobot City through the trees, and um, this is like in the this is part of the original script. I kind of wish they left in, but I think they cut for time because um, in the original script, uh, it's much more obvious what Autobot City is, which is a huge energy production facility, which is why they're coming from the Cybertron moons to get Energon cubes because. It doesn't make sense for Megatron to attack this city and they'd be destroyed unless it's their major source of energy. I see there's hydro, they've got, they're uh, dealing with hydroelectric power. Yeah, yeah so in this original one, um, Autobot City looks like a federal energy project gone mad. Here the Autobots are trying to exploit every known means of getting energy. The mountain is covered with solar panels, windmills spin in the valley, oil derelicts pump, all, there's oh, oil apparently. All kinds of stuff uh, going on. Uh, faraway hydroelectric dam, which is in there in the background of these things, we see various panel truck type Autobots cruise up in the auto mode to stack. Sacks of this energon, convert it to humanoid mode, load up their bands, throw it in the air, transform around it. <laughs> That's not in the script, but uh, to auto mode and then throw it to energon back to energon, uh, Autobot City. So, so they're cranking out power because they're kind of they're building up. They got to get energon together for their campaign to take back Cybertron. Yes. And that and, and, and that does make sense in retrospect because that's the whole reason Optimus Prime sends mm-hmm. Ironhide on his trip. So that sequence, I had that in my notes as well. Oh, sorry. And no, no need to apologize. So uh, that's a shared thing between both of the scripts. So they're driving, and Daniel says at one point, "Stop." They get to a mm-hmm. place where Daniel's like, "Stop," but Hot Rod's basically like. Fuck that, son. <laughs> you ever heard of Lookout Mountain, you little bitch? Why, well, like, like, why settle for a piece down? To, no, he's trying to impress him. He's like, why, but do, also, th- why do this when we can do this? But doesn't this Daniel not know about Lookout Mountain? Which, in this, the script I have, uh, they tuck this out. Daniel says... Uh, they do, he says, why sell for vegan? Now you see everything from Lookout Mountain. Daniel says, we're not supposed to go beyond city limits, which is why the roadblock's there. Another mm-hmm, thing I never mm-hmm, thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Hot Rod says, hey, what are you anyway? A chromo chicken? Which isn't even... <laughs> a chromo chicken? I mean, it's not worse than beryllium bologna or cesium salami, which is what the Dinobots say later, but it's that's the Dinobots. They have tiny brains. I so, that was a good cut. I so badly want to see the, the, uh, the original writing of this come to life. Uh, script deviations. Have you got anything, Ryan? I have nothing for this this minute, and the next minute I don't have any. Okay, so you. That, maybe that's one uh, thing we need a script deviations. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish this was a video podcast so you could see Caleb's. <laughs> well, Aaron, Aaron wants to put like some uh, little like uh, I want soundboard. You want to? He wants like a little theme for every <laughs> every little aspect of what we're doing here. We're gonna make fun of Caleb now. <laughs> right. Well. Well. Alright, so script deviations. There's not much. I don't have much for this either. Um, instead of um, the scene with Cup and Blitzwing, instead of bending his barrel up into the air uh, on the version of the script that I have, Cup spins his turret around. That's <laughs> <laughs> like a bang. That makes more and, sense. And yeah. he, uh, Blitzwings takes the shot and hits Shrapnel still. <laughs> which, it kind of makes more sense to me. Like, it does. Shrapnel's over there instead of over there. But uh, And then the other thing is that uh, then Blitzwing transforms into a robot mode. Cup comes flying at him and takes kind of a flying feet first kick at him oh. and knocks Blitzwing off a ledge. I did <laughs> read that and could not visualize 
how that scene would have worked. Yeah. So, so did fine. I, I like the whole tumbling it. down the mountain and crashing into I just, each other. I, the problem I had was where like he come, he's not on him anymore, and then comes jumping at him. I could not figure out how that logistically was supposed to work. But it's also like, why did you shoot? You know that somebody's <laughs> manipulating your turret. Like, why did you fire? Just trying to get it off real quick. I guess. Or maybe he was like, I wasn't quite there. He's got me right in the sights. Yeah. Or, or he's like, well, it's like whenever you try to stop from coming. And it just happens. I mean, I can't. I can't make all these sperms turn around. Oh, God. <laughs> the only other script deviation is that old timer line. That's something you'll never be if you don't get back to the city. And the addition of the line, you know what we used to do with cocky insubordinate oh. upstarts, which never gets addressed. I don't know what oh, they. Oh. I don't oh, know what they used to do with what? cocky insubordinate. Right. That's presumably where Hot Rod says save, save it, it cup. cup. <laughs> right. Exactly. So that's all I've got. Yeah. No, I thought this would actually be kind of an anemic episode, but we kind of, yeah, we covered a lot of shit. We that's all I've got uh, as well, I believe. Her, I mean, uh, a couple things. Next episode, or I'm sorry, hang on. Script deviations. <laughs> oh. All Until right. uh, Caleb decides to. That's a. I think I'll just, I just like to, for you to just keep doing that. <laughs> you should take what I just did and then freak it. Deviations. <laughs> These are more notes than deviations, but RC is described on the script. Mm. I just remembered what I was going to talk about. Go ahead. It, it, it ties into this. As a lovely female Autobot of about Hot Rod's age. Mm-hmm. So they have age. I mean... Hot Rod, I think, seemingly is certainly th- inexperienced a... compared to other oh, Autobots. Okay. Alright, I see. <laughs> Okay. You hate know. you hate Hot Rod <laughs> so much. Well, he was talking more about age. That's true. Uh, and then Springer is listed as, like, he's described in the script as a very muscular and bantering, quote, Indiana yep. Jones type. That was what I was going to talk about, yeah. Okay. He's, he's modeled after the Indiana Jones, supposed. I mean. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Ultra Magnus is called a large and soldier, soldierly city commander. In that scene where the Starscream dive bombs them, Springer fires from his hip instead of his arm cannon, which is weird. And the script also lists Dirge as the attacker mm-hmm. as opposed to Starscream. Um, and Springer's blast is supposed to blow off Sturge's wing, mm-hmm. dir- excuse me, Dirge's wingtip. And there's no mention of Blur whatsoever. In fact, in the version of the script that I've been looking at. There's no mention of him until way later, until uh, they are trying to load the, uh, the, the, the Dinobots onto the ship oh. when they're trying to escape. In the way, second uh, when, Gal- when Galvatron and Cyclonus come to... The second attack and of fight. Yeah, exactly. City. So that, like, just all of a sudden, Blur exists <laughs> in that world. There's no, no mm. introduction of Blur. Yeah, I missed that. I guess I didn't uh, did not see that. In the so, it, so the introduction of Blur here was a good thing. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think uh, it's like they forgot about it. It is good. To, I think they did do a good job of like front loading. And again, as a kid, I'm not just dis, like discerning as to movies I watch, but I think they do a good job of like front loading um, what these guys' characters are. Like, obviously, Ultramatics mm-hmm. is in control. Uh, Springer and RC are, you know, a thing. And then Blur is like a fast, like, uh, just, hey, what can I do? Uh, Ultra Magnus? <laughs> Guy. His name's Blur. That's right. That's right. <laughs> anyway. 
<laughs> it just, I just thought it was Hannibal. It doesn't seem that creative to me. Hey, we got a guy named Blur. What are we going to do? Okay. I don't know. Well, make him fast or something. Well, like they, what the, like they came up with the name first, and then they decided That's what right. to do with him. Chomping around us to go, oh, I don't know. Make him fast or His something. His name's Blur. Make him fast. Maybe. Hey, he turns into a pickup truck. What do we call him? Cop? Cop. F- fuck up. Shut the fuck How up. How about... <laughs> oh, Oh, I gotta go home and (laughs) cut this shit. There's there's gonna be a lot to cut because we're at an hour recording. (laughs) Uh, I only have one, and it's that in my version of the script, Starscream's foot situation is somewhat different from what is on screen. Um, in my version, uh, an early version of the script, his foot gets caught in the clam of the mm. transforming courtyard, and after struggling for a second, he holds out his arm, and a contraption comes out of his wrist that is basically like a robotic shoehorn. What? <laughs> and it comes out, goes down, and pries his foot out of the clamshell, and then he flies off and is Oh my god, I don't have that in mind. <laughs> I, I gotta admit, uh, you know, we've, we've had conversations about how uh, the the Transformers have, like, a special gift that helps them in a specific situation. Mm-hmm. That is the most specific <laughs> situation. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a shoe voice. And again, to Caleb's point of, uh, like, I want to see the movie that oh, is yeah. the first draft of these, like, all mashed together. Oh, it cool. is not a it is not a shoehorn though. It is just acting like a shoehorn. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's it's says. mimicking no, no, a shoehorn. No, no, no. I'm just oh, making fun of Ryan. It's a it's a it's a pry bar. Yeah. <laughs> I like how it's a shoehorn. There, uh, I wish no, I, I there is there that. is a Decepticon named pry bar, and that is all he does. It's turned into a crowbar. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. So that's not so, real. No, I'm sorry. He looked so compelled. <laughs> oh, like, he captured his imagination. I need to see No, he had, he had me fooled for a second. <laughs> Do you guys have anything else on this no. guy? Uh, there's a huge deviation in the script at this point. where It actually is the point where Hot Rod and Cup go into Autobot City. Uh, so... Uh, after they do that, they go into a room where uh, we see Wheeljack and Ultra Magnus and some other gangs at monitors, uh, and it is uh, revealed by Wheeljack that the Constructicons are attacking the city walls in the vicinity of the RoboZoo Lab. What's the RoboZoo Lab? Oh, well, it appears to be, and then Ultra Magnus uh, says, release the Anabots. Uh, and um, <laughs> then you get cut to the Constructicons, uh, and uh, they're attacking a portion of the city that, and, and behind them, a door comes up, and like these Autobots come out. That tell me if these remind you of anyone. The Anabots, uh, Simba is a lion, uh, Pardu is a leopard, hmm. Shriek is an eagle, Thump is a buffalo, and Clump is a rhino. Wow, so originally the Predacons were designed to be Autobots. Anabots. <laughs> Yes, and they but, decided to make them Decepticons. This sounds at some very point down the line. This sounds along the storyline of Scramble City too. Like, yeah, this sounds like a. But it also brings up the point of, are they slaves? Like they're in an <laughs> Anna Zoo. Like they're they're contained. They're t- but t- and trapped because they're too aggressive and dangerous. And I'm that just leads me to believe. Oh, Wheeljack made these guys. 
because <laughs> they're another crazy yes, wheeljack invention. Yes. I'm like, this bot must be stopped. <laughs> he has made the Dinobots with tiny brains, and they're too aggressive. They banished them twice in the cartoon, and then he's made these slave Anabots that are in cages, only released whenever times are dire. Stop letting him create sentient beings. This well, and horrible. obviously those Anabots ultimately become Decepticons, and uh, so yeah, and so just to, just to be clear, the Predacons. Oh, the Anabots turn into Dragon Beast. Which does have... That's their combiner? That's their combiner form. Okay. Uh, which you can find, uh, if you Google image it, uh, there oh, is no. a... Uh, well, what's his name? Um, oh, the the artist who... Oh, Floro Derry. I don't yeah, know yeah, if that's yeah. pronounced correctly. But he does have a design out there of what it would have looked like. Um, but the Oh, pre- it's different from the current Predaking? Oh, it's a, yeah, it's a, de- it's a dragon. Oh, okay. Which is interesting because no combiners turn into anything but a robot. Right. Um, but yeah, the Predacons do uh, say that you know their their components. Uh, uh, the only Ra- uh, Razor Claw is the lion, Rampage is the leopard, uh, Dive Bomb is the eagle, and Tantrum is the bull, and right. Headstrong is the rhino. And so they removed the buffalo and turned it into a bull. Why? Guess what, motherfuckers? There's no such thing as a buffalo in America. I'm fighting a losing battle with this. Buffaloes only exist in Africa. It's a bison. I know. Thanks for clearing that up because <laughs> that is an ongoing source of stress for me as well in casual conversations. Yeah, it also, comes up all the time, right? <laughs> it's almost as bad as like calling a chimp a monkey. I hate I'm that concerned. too. That's another pet peeve. <laughs> another one is uh, whenever you interchange poison and venom. Poison oh. is ingested, venom is injected. Or it's like calling. There are no such thing as poisonous snakes. You know what, Wheeljack? He just. Uh, I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. Hi. You I believe it. Uh, I I like the I like the the Dinobots. So while we're, <laughs> while we're talking about this script deviation, I was going to save it for the end, but this is completely related. So the version of the script that I have um, uh, around that moment, a doesn't mention the horrific skull crunching that Cup delivers this shrapnel. Rather, um, they both kickback. rampant or yeah, the kickback kickback. Uh, rather, they uh, he ramps into the city. And both Shrapnel and Kickback are still kind of all close to that door. Mm-hmm. And they both make an attempt to bite Cup as he oh. uh, as he drives into the thing. And they miss right as the door closes. And it says in the script that they're... So instead of biting on Cup, they chomp down on that door. And it, they chomp down so hard it breaks their teeth. What? <laughs> That's what it says. Because they have teeth now? <laughs> they have teeth now. And uh, also, additionally, once inside the city, there's a, a there's a confrontation with Ultra Magnus between Hot Rod and Ultra Magnus, where uh, Ultra Magnus says to Hot Rod, "You can explain your security violations later, Hot <laughs> yes. Rod. Now man your battle station." And then Hot Rod gets all uppity and is like, "I don't have to explain my so-called violation to you or anyone." And Cup is like, "Later, Hot Rod." Oh, he's like, "All right, Dad." <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, there's that part to that scene as well. So now we also. Are- Although, like, 100%, you do have to explain it, because you're in a fucking army. He's your boss. Exactly. (laughs) But but they're also a family. Here, uh, I have one extra line. Maybe if you've got it, I want you to do it. During the tape breaking in sequence, Blaster has an additional line. Do you have that in your notes by any chance? We got... We got cassette critters knocking on a window. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's weird. It's an additional line. Also, the, my favorite thing uh, is that during the fight, uh, when he releases his tapes, <laughs> do you know about this? I don't know. He he, he spews out 
four tapes that are not anything oh. like the tapes that we have on screen. So Cut, well, yeah. what we did, what we had were uh, uh, Steel Jaw, the Lion, Ramhorn, the Rhino, and then eject and and rewind. rewind the two guys. So during the fight, in my version, he spews out Cubby, mm-hmm. a lion, mm-hmm. Stripes, a tiger, Stinger, a scorpion, and Bolts, which is a small, tough robot. Yeah, these are terrible names. <laughs> and so, but also Bolts, plural. His name's plural. Why I'm Bolts? Maybe he fires bolts. Yeah. These bolts. Hey, cubby, come on. That is cute little cubby. So adorable. So, so we're ravaging Laserbeak. We're fortunate enough to have a dedicated vocal performer, Steeljaw, who became Cubby. Cubby is the only... Let me just back up. Yep. Cubby is the only one that actually became what happened, the lion form. The other forms were not incorporated at all and are essentially just lost characters, although... Uh, Stripes does have toys. He, in fact, he's probably one of the most obscure characters to have a toy. Really? But um, the rest of them were not ever produced. Stripes. And uh, then just to, the only other note I have is that Ravage and Laserbeak, so Frank Welker did both of their voices. They had a dedicated performer. But Steeljaw's noises were mostly library sound effects <laughs> of growling, hissing cats and metallic okay. ronk, ronk sounds. <laughs> That's from the TF Wiki. That is awesome. All right, let's get into it. So I know uh, Ryan, you have a lot. So you I just do. you go for you it, go? and right. if I've got anything, I will uh, jump yeah. into it. So there, I, I actually do agree with a lot of these cuts because you cut it for time, cut it for pacing. Um, there is, let's see, there's a whole scene um, that we have now after uh, Blaster and Perceptor. There's a cut, and we see uh, Blitzwing who is shooting in, in plain mode, shooting and firing, and um, then we see from his POV, and he's like, uh oh, because. Uh, Power Glide and Warpath are coming right at him. Oh, awesome. uh, and yeah, and um, so basically they take out Blitzwing, they shoot him, and he crashes into the fishing hole. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. And it's not look, it is the fishing, fishing. apostrophe no G hole, the fishing hole, which is the name of my strip club. <laughs> so he the fishing hole. So he crashes into that big pile of rod and reels. At the yeah, as, Bl- as Blitzwing lands with a hiss of steam, his flames crackling out as Powerglide and Warpath lay a final load of bombs on him in the water and blast off. What are those poor fish? That's true. What about the trout? Yeah. They can never fish there again. Nope. Uh, and then there is um, just some more with Megatron. There's another. Uh, we go to the, the wall. Um, actually, here, uh, Thundercracker and Skywarp, um, are tr- they're all, like, with Megatron trying to pry parts off the wall. And then um, into the breach, like, we see uh, uh, Sunstreaker, Hound, and Blue Streak. Sunstreaker's a real problem. Uh, Hound and Blue Streak um, come out and start fighting them. Uh, and this, Blue Streak steps out with a laser saber and cuts Thundercracker in half with a roar as, as Skywarp throws himself on Blue Streak and Decepticons swarm in. Uh, Hound, using a blaster from low position, cuts off the Decepticons' legs, toppling them, still fighting as they... It's a bit complicated as to what happens there. I'm not... Wait a minute, so he blasts their legs off and they're like... I don't think off. I think he just knocks them over because he shoots their legs. Still fighting, though. Mm-hmm. And then there's a scene... We're back. We're back on the munitions factory on Cybertron, um, where Optimus Prime is getting ready to launch. And he's, this is actually something we see later. Uh, the, the Bumblebee is trying... which. Uh, he was on the other moon, so that's a continuity issue there. But um, Bumblebee is trying to get the Dinobots into the ship, and they don't want to go. They're just being dicks, which we'll see later again. Mm-hmm. And um, Grimlock's like, me, Grimlock, not take orders. And then Bumblebee's like, no offense, Grimlock. It's just that we need your strength to save Autobot City. But more than that, we need your strategic intelligence. 
and he's so when he's trying to like he's, butter him that's up, right. he's like, that's and it works. Is he patronizing? Him? No, he's he's like flattering him because it says Grimlock. Uh, a prince flattered lets little yeah. Bumblebee lead him on board. Me Grimlock understand. Me Grimlock make clever plan. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Which that was almost sounded like a Yoda voice I was doing there. Uh, then there's Optimus uh, take charge of operations while we're gone. Um, says that to Bumblebee. Uh, says that to Jazz and Cliffjumper. Okay. Um, and then there's a whole scene where they fly by that same ass. Take, jobs, t- take charge of operations. Uh, if with the Dinobots pulled out of the plant, who's going to be I mean, you just got Spike and Bumblebee, but they're on another moon. Well, not here, but yeah, that's true. Anyway. <laughs> We're grinding to a real halt there. Um, and then uh, Optimus Prime, uh, they're in the shuttle and fly past the same uh, flight plan that the uh, other shuttle. Um, and um, do they see debris or any evidence no. of, the, of the past skirmish? No. Um, although Optimus Prime does say, <clears throat> let's see if I can do a voice, lock coordinates and accelerate. That's terrible. Lock coordinates and accelerate to maximum speed, which is not a thing in space. If you're, if you're firing your rockets, you're continuously accelerating. There's no maximum speed. Anyways. Stupid. Um, as the space shuttle, uh, as the shuttle moves up into view, um, uh, we pan past a shadowy area next to a dead planetoid, and an astrotrain comes out from it, which I'm like, what? I guess we, That's we... true. We haven't seen astrotrain right. to this point. Yeah. We know he's going to make an appearance, but we so haven't seen him. So this is where him. he comes in. Like, this is why okay. he shows up. And uh, <laughs> destruction to all Autobots, seven S's. Um, and then so he... Ta- he's like Cobra Commander? Like, yeah, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> it's, yeah, and so also in this, Bumblebee is on the shuttle. He mans the shuttle controls when they're being attacked. Um, and so, yeah, they're shoot, uh, Astrotrain shoots at the place. Um, then we go back to Autobot City, and we're back into continuity then. I'm confused. So let me just try and summarize. So Optimus and a crew take off to go to Earth to help out. So we see that Astrotrain tries to intercept them at some point mm-hmm. and fails. And uh, oops, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's pretty much it. All right, well, they just left Astro Train in space. You guys, guard. I guess. Astro Train! This is Starscream! Guide the. Guard the Earth's atmosphere in case any Autobots decide they want to reinforce these other Autobots who are heavily armed and, frankly, we're, we're in a precarious position ourselves. But in case any other Autobots show up, Astro I mean, Chain, it is your sole duty. If the strongest Autobot, Optimus Prime, were to show, it's your job so, to destroy him. So you're just you're just assuming that some, so I'm just going to wait on this asteroid. They're just going to just gonna assume that somebody's gonna come I mean I could help I could come to the city and help to attack Autobot City if you you know but no I'll, okay I'll just wait uh the only script deviation that I have is that during the cassette battle sequence uh in the last episode we talked about blasters tapes and how they changed dramatically from what we see on screen to what they were in my version of the script uh, which was that uh, he today he has two little robo dudes, a rhino and a lion. Originally, it was supposed to be one robo dude, a scorpion, a tiger, and a lion. Mm-hmm. And um, well, this is just really a continuation of that. And that um, Cubby, who eventually or arguably becomes Steeljaw the lion, so he takes out Rumble. So that's basically accurate by cuddling, and then, by cuddling him. It's <laughs> adorable. It's an adorable battle. Uh, and then Stripes, the tiger, takes out Ratbat. That was Ramhorn that did that in reality. Bolts. Uh, sw- <laughs> this is a funny one. So then Bolts, the uh, the the Robo the guy, robot. Uh, he uh, engages Frenzy, 
who sw- he smacks him. Frenzy flies into Stinger, the Stinger of the Scorpion <laughs> robot, and then he gets gets jabbed, freaks out, and runs away oh. and isn't mentioned. The other thing that I just want to bring up, we mentioned it a couple of a few episodes ago, that in my version of the script, which I think is one of the early earliest ones, there's no mention of Blur still to That's this right. point. So right, even yeah. to now, the the whole part about Blur, you know, defending that tower underneath the cannon had not happened. No mention of Blur. Blur doesn't exist yet <laughs> i do but you go for it okay you'll probably have what i have uh that's possible i mean these are kind of all over the place but in the script i have it doesn't show up until the um dinobots show up but it's kind of interspersed and uh, there is a part where um there is one line that springer says where he says i got better things to do tonight than die um <laughs> the script the line in the script is um let's make sure he can't take advantage of it talking about megatron uh, and i'm like well I'm glad they punched that up. Um, <laughs> By deleting it entirely? That's right. Let's just leave that out. And then inside the screen, um, whenever Devastator is punching the wall, uh, it goes to Ultra Magnus, and um, he uh, says to Wheeljack, Devastator's almost reached our inner defense membrane, which is a weird... Why it mem- makes me sad to know that in a version of this script, Wheeljack was it's still alive. alive. Yeah. But he had those. He had that zoo of uh, Predacons or what, oh, it's Anabots to... Oh, yeah, go on. Oh, because wow. <laughs> the Ultra Magus says to initiate Dragon Beast, which is where the Anabots com- use their combiner mode to form a giant dragon, um, which is a mechanical-like beast which breathes lightning bolts, uh, which emerge from its maw like the stylized ocean waves in a Japanese print. So, okay, <laughs> we know that the only reason... Well, I don't know if it's the only reason. The main reason Autobot Combiner's Superion Defensor aren't in this movie is because this movie was being produced concurrently with the mm-hmm. television show and the writers and producers of this movie had they didn't get the memo that that was happening yeah. I guess or just whatever just whatever so in the interim they created this totally whacked out crazy <laughs> combiner to compete with Devastator and uh, anyway, it, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's just wild that they created the most psychedelic nutballs. It's really combiner. Meanwhile, the guys doing the TV show create yeah, yeah, they're hey, basic hey, combiners. It's yeah, just, but they're not trying to reinvent the wheel. There's a lot of baggage with the the how the lightning is coming out. What? How do you say how it's coming out of the mountain? Uh, from his mom, like stylized ocean waves in a Japanese print. You okay, know those be, jagged edges. Right. The famous the famous mm-hmm. Japanese print. Uh, it's by an artist called Hokusai. Uh, and Hokusai did like a series mm-hmm. of these 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 stylized waves. And he was a very famous Japanese artist back in the 19th century. Wave painting has a very important a lot of importance in Japanese culture. The Mongolian Empire tried mm-hmm. to invade Japan. There was a divine wind known as Kamikaze, Kamikaze. that sunk them and crippled the Mongolian fleet and prevented the Mongolians from invading and taking Japan as part of the Mongolian Empire. I wonder if there's any baggage or any kind of. I can't imagine. That? Am I reading it? Into I can't it imagine much? Ron Freeman knows that. Okay, I'm reading into. <laughs> but it. that's interesting. Like that's really I didn't know that. But the, yeah, at the all. artist, the artist for that famous series of paintings, is, he's called Hokusai. Hmm. Awesome dude. You should check it yeah, out. Yeah, no, I love those paintings. It's, it doesn't seem inconceivable to me that Ron Friedman would be the type of guy that would Wouldn't know that. Something. Just, be, I mean, it is a. I mean, all these toys have Japanese heritage in their previous storylines, so it seems like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, well, yeah. he's an inquisitive guy. He's no dummy. Could be. I mean, he's well, kind of the whenever Stanley he comes on the show. Whenever he comes on the show, we'll, we'll yeah, all exactly. these are going to be talking we'll, we'll points. We'll grill him on Hokusai. 
That's yeah, right. and so um, that is uh, they grapple like it says a uh, dragon beast will annihilate devastator. Ah, there's like twenty IAs here. <laughs> Uh, so they just start scrapping, and then um, that's when Prime Shuttle comes down, and uh, the Dinobots are released, and then the next uh, devi- big deviation I have will be the next episode. So, well, I'm looking forward to that, because I'm hypothesizing in my head that it's uh, Dragon Beast plus Dinobots versus Devastator, versus what we got on screen. That seems so much more epic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that I have that you didn't cover is that uh, at some point... Devastator must have torn into the pillbox that Hot Rod and the group are in because um, the script I have indicates that he grabs Hot Rod and Cup and has both of them in his hands and is crushing them. And it isn't until the Dinobots show up. And also the Dinobots, once they leave the ship, Mm -hmm. they are firing on Devastator in robot mode. And then they transform into their Dinobot modes and then ultimately engage him in more hand-to-hand style combat. But it isn't until that happens that then Devastator just, you know, he's shaking a little bit and he Mm -hmm. releases Hot Rod and Cup. It's interesting it would take that long considering what uh, he made of that cannon with one just like (laughs) squeeze of his fist. I I know. So the the deviations in this one are kind of just more like expansions. Like there's, uh, of course, we still have the Anabots in here, uh, which are still fighting Devastator whenever the Dinobots show up. So it's mm-hmm. then the Anabots and the Dinobots against Devastator. Um, Devastator and Dragon Beast stop uh, as Dragon a... Dragon Beast. Yeah, it's a great name. It's good. <laughs> We are not Predaking. <laughs> um, uh, there's a noisy roar as the Dinobots come in, and um, as opposed to what a, a quiet roar. Yeah, the silent roars that like that's what I say when you know ever I have an orgasm. Oh, the silent roar. Caleb loves it. Um, so we follow the Dinobots as they transform into Dino mode, attack Devastator, which uh, falls apart basically. Uh, and then Megatron is running with the rest of his troops, in which we don't see him in this one. He presumably comes in after. There's a little weird... I guess he's already into the breach. He must already be into mm-hmm. the breach at this point because he's leading the, the, the Decepticons. But um, in this script, uh, all of his... Uh, like, when this is happening, all of his troops flee, and he's left alone in the field, and he says, Stand and fight, Decepticons! Hold your ground, I say! Then basically we cut actually to RC and Hot Rod and Cup in a pillbox, uh, and they cheer and clasp hands. Hot Rod reacting as RC places her smaller hand. I don't know why we have to specifically smaller. say smaller. Her smaller female hand. Hey everybody, she's a lady. Smaller. Her smaller hand on top of his, and Hot Rod says, "It's Optimus and the Dinobots." And this is a, a why state. couldn't it? Why couldn't it be a bigger hand? She has man hands, well, like no, a Seinfeld episode. It be man hands, but like her hand could be feminine, but just for whatever reason, significantly. Hot Rod. There's a script note that uh, Hot Rod doesn't say it out loud, but Hot Rod notices that her hands will make his dick look small if they ever. Well, we can't fuck. Enrapture them. Yeah. It's... You can't have my piston. Okay. All right. Moving along. Uh, so the stage direction says he sees RC's hand, clears his throat, and removes his hand. And says it's not over yet because he's shy. That tension. Yeah. On. He goes. On. Your hands are so small. <laughs> and this is there's actually a line here for Daniel where he, apparently he's not dead. He climbs up onto Cup's shoulder and um, this is a line for RC later on. And it says he says the Decepticons are retreating. Yay. <laughs> she doesn't say yay, but <laughs> oh, he just added that. 
No, he says yay in the script. Oh, like, yeah, RC yeah. says that exact line later, except without the stupid yay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, they're, they're nine-year-olds. So he, and cl- he climbed up on Cup. Like, how tall is Cup? Probably 20 feet. So he, he cl- they let him climb. He scales him like a little monkey? Yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Oh, uh, uh, allegedly, the reverse happened last time. Where Cup climbed up on top that's of Daniel? <laughs> no, well, he climbed oh, up on next top to of Hot Rod. Sorry. Oh, I, oh, I see. Uh, that's all I have for this moment. There's more in the next one. but All right, interesting. So I thought you would probably cover mine, but mine is actually totally different. Oh. Um, just indicate. You'll, so you'll recall that um, last time Devastator actually had Hot Rod and Cup in his oh, hand. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And so um, in, our, in my version of the script, it indicates that, first of all, when the dinos are on that ship... They're in dino mode on the ship, mm-hmm. and they transform into robot mode, jump off the ship, ship, mm-hmm. and then transform back into dino mode again. Which is after firing at Devastator, yeah. they, they fly for a spell, fire at him, and then transform back into dinosaurs. And the script indicates that the Dinobots are overwhelmed by Devastator, and their strength is more than matched, which did play mm-hmm. out on screen, I believe. But Hot Rod and Cup are released during that struggle, um, and then. When the ship ultimately lands, uh, Prime has problems getting off the ship. It says that he begins shooting. There's a swarm of Decepticons that are oh. that are trying to get towards the ship and envelop it, and Prime is shooting at them. Essentially, that very moment he emerges and starts blasting away. Megatron is only a hundred yards away. The script indicates, mm-hmm. um, which, which in Transformers terms is like ten feet. Right? Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> it's a couple of steps. <laughs> no kidding. Regarding. The Touch, it doesn't mention the song The Touch specifically in the script, but it does say that as Prime battles his way through the Decepticons, we hear an inspiring anthem of oh. courage, strength, and triumph, like Eye of the Tiger. Mm, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good placeholder for that. Like. So uh, the song was inspired by a line in the movie Iron Eagle. I don't know if it's towards the end of the movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but, mm-hmm, I, but you can see it on YouTube. There's a dog fight, and Lou, Lou Gossett Jr.'s character's name is uh, Chappie, mm-hmm. and uh, so he and the young, the younger main character Doug, his name I don't they're, know. they're in a dog fight, and Lou Gossett Jr. gives him a tape, and is like, if something goes wrong, play this tape, mm-hmm. and so if something does go wrong. Lou Gossett Jr. ends up, you know, crashing into the ocean or whatever, and uh, but before he dies, he's like, I'm not gonna make it. And he's like, play the tape. Ju- play the tape. The kid puts the tape in, and it's a pre-recorded, like, kind of inspirational speech mm-hmm. from Chappie Lugasa Jr. to the kid. He tells the kid, Doug, God doesn't give people things he doesn't want them to use, and he gave you the touch. It's a power you have inside you, down there where you keep your guts, boy. And it's all you need to blast your way in and get back what they took from you. <laughs> and so that. Inspired wow. this song. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so I guess Stan Bush is a fan of Lou Gossett Jr. I mean, that's a deep cut. <laughs> that's interesting. And there it was. Script Deviations Part 1. And next week, Script Deviations Part 2. Uh, did you guys enjoy this? I don't know. Are you still listening? I guess if you aren't, then you'll never know that I asked a question. And we will remain radio dark. Um, so... Uh, from your house to mine, happy holidays, and let's, here we go, into the future, pistols at dawn, bye, bye, bye.
Blow cells, blow cells, where we sell good. 